It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 27th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Wednesday. As the Magic got some good news coming out of their game against the Miami Heat and also some, I guess it's regular news at this point. Uh, the, the, the losses are beginning to to. to drive themselves together. So we'll talk all about that game coming up on today's episode. But before we get into that, I do want to remind everyone that you have if you have not already, be sure to check out all the great podcasts on the on the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. Just like there's a Locked On Magic for the Orlando Magic, you can check out a great podcast for every single team in the NBA. So if you want to hear the Heat's perspective of Wednesday of Tuesday's game, it feels like a Wednesday because of the holiday, but of Tuesday's game, you can check out Locked On Heat. Wes Goldberg and David Ramil do a fantastic job covering the Miami Heat. If you're looking ahead to Thursday's game against Detroit Pistons, you can listen to Locked On Pistons and get a good sense of how the Pistons are faring after their blowout victory over the Indiana Pacers on Tuesday as well. So lots of great places. And of course, always be sure to check out Locked On NBA for great perspective from local podcasters like myself, uh, as well as great national guests as well. David Locke does a great job covering the NBA over on the Locked On NBA podcast. You can find those all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the name of the podcast you're looking for. Let's dive right into Tuesday's game. The Orlando Magic playing the Miami Heat down in South Florida. They get a little shot in the arm with some guys coming back from injury. Yes, you know, you lose Nikola Vucevic. We talked all about that on yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic. But Orlando got a little bit of a boost in the arm. Jonathan Isaac returned from in, from his sprained ankle. Evan Fournier returned from his sprained ankle. No Aaron Gordon yet, but he is apparently very, very close. Very possible that he could play on Thursday as if he gets to practice on Wednesday. All clear. And, you know, even though Evan Fournier looked a bit rusty, and it was fairly fair to say that he was a bit rusty, maybe a little bit winded at times at the end of the game, while Evan Fournier certainly looked a bit rusty, I do think that his return and Isaac's return, brightened everyone's mood and, and got them playing at a much higher level. I would say that the Magic played with a much more focused intensity that they have played with in some time. They, they played a pretty solid game, I thought, overall, at least through the first three quarters. The offense was touch and go for a lot of, a lot of chunks of time. Um, but, you know, Orlando took as much as an 11-point lead. They really had control of the game from... 
the middle of the second quarter on the bench actually played really, really well. They got a good game from their reserves. And so, you know, if you're looking for silver lining, the Magic did play pretty well in this game and did do a lot of very nice things overall. Good energy defensively. Played some great defense uh, for, for the most part. Offense took was a little bit rough, a little bit sloppy, especially in the third quarter, as I'll talk about in a minute. But overall, uh, you know, Orlando had good fight, and, and that's not something we've always said about this team. And so I think getting the guys back from injury has brightened people's moods. And, uh, you know, this is a team that, that while they never used injuries as an excuse, it's pretty obvious that the injuries put them behind a massive eight ball. And losing Nikola Vucevic uh, without getting these two guys back, I think, would have really crushed the team's spirits. And, and it's hard to be up. And, you know, I, I, I would even admit to being a little too da- too down on things. It's one of the reasons why I didn't want to do a podcast immediately after the injury. Um, but just because it, it like, it, you just feel, you just, it, it's easy to feel sorry for yourself and it's easy to just feel very pessimistic. And, and then that's how we kind of all went through that collective grief, I think, over the weekend before the Magic got back to work Tuesday. Getting some guys back from injury, I think, helped refocus the team and, and help them play a better game. But, at the end of the day, it is still a loss, and still a loss that the Magic can pin on themselves. Tied entering the fourth quarter. Up by two at halftime. Let's start there. Up by two at halftime. The Magic got up by 11 points. They they, they regrew their lead in the third quarter and looked like they were going to have control of the game heading into the fourth quarter. But they struggled to close that quarter, and they struggled really to play throughout the third quarter. Even though they shot a really healthy percentage, I think they were like 8 of 15 or 10 of 15 or something like that in the third quarter, the Magic committed 14 turnovers, or not 14 turnovers, 11 turnovers in the third quarter. And I guess a team like Miami that that likes to slow the ball, slow the game down, losing possessions hurts. And so Orlando lost a lot of possessions and a lot of opportunities to gain confidence and maintain themselves and maintain their lead. And so they entered the fourth quarter tied. So, you know, the turnovers hurt, but they didn't kill you. They didn't knock you out of the race. What ended up knocking the Magic out of the race, though, was Miami's three-point shooting. While Orlando never could quite get their three-point shooting back under control or back on track, the Magic shot five for 20 from beyond the arc. Reese Bates hit two. DJ Augustin hit one. Evan Fournier hit one. Aaron Aflalo hit one. That's it. And just 20 attempts at that. Orlando... With only 14 assists on 33 field goal makes, 17 turnovers total, like I said, 11 in the third quarter. Miami hit 11 of 33 three-pointers, including 6 from Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington hit 4 in the fourth quarter alone. And granted, many of those three-pointers were contested. I did not think the Magic were were lax on defending him. But you could, again... See the energy sap out of the magic as Ellington made these shots, as the lead began to get away from Orlando. They continued to play sloppy throughout that fourth quarter. And Orlando hurt themselves in the end. The ma- Not that the magic beat themselves. I don't want to, I mean, the magic did beat themselves in a lot of ways, but Miami took it. Miami earned the win. They deserved the win. But Orlando hurt themselves in many, many ways. Giving up the three-pointers was just the cherry on top. The turnovers is the first place to look. The second place to look is the offensive rebounds. Orlando gave up 16 offensive rebounds, including several in the fourth quarter. Bam Adebayo had three. Josh Richardson had five. Kelly Olenek had three. Uh, Orlando gave up a ton of second-chance opportunities. While Miami may not have scored on all of them, 14 second-chance points, 
off of those 16 offensive rebounds. In a game where possessions mattered, they were killer. The game was played at a 98.6 pace. The Magic usually play at 102. So this game was played at Miami's pace. And that hurt Orlando in the end to give up these extra possessions to allow Miami to work their offense and kind of allow frustration to date, to, to continue. And eventually, Wayne Ellington gets free, makes a, makes a couple threes. The whole momentum of the game has changed and Orlando is unable to get it back. In the end, Orlando scored just 40 points in the second half. They struggled to shoot throughout the second half. Or they, they, they shot fine in the third quarter, but the turnovers hurt. In the fourth quarter, Orlando just could not get the buckets to go down, could not keep pace with the three-point shooting. And while it is nice to have Evan Fournier back, it's also very clear that this team still faces a major deficit offensively without Nikola Vucevic and without Aaron Gordon. Things feel like they're beginning to shift back to where the team was, and there were definitely moments where it looked like the Magic were the team we all remembered from November early November at least. But at the same time, that's not enough. The Magic need to make shots. The Magic need to work for better shots. They need to get better shots. And too often it was Jonathan Simmons driving kind of wildly into the lane or Alfred Payton driving kind of wildly into the lane. Um, Guys not able to make the shots that they need to make. And it's asking a lot for Evan Fournier to step right back in and score 20 points and and be, you know, a, a... 15, 16, 17, 18 field goal attempt guy like he was before his injury. But that's eventually who the Magic are going to need. And so, a positive night in some respects for Orlando because they played with the right energy and and it definitely felt like they were returning the corner a little bit to get out of this losing streak. But still ultimately a loss and that's all that matters in the end. If, if we're, if we're going to still hold this team to a playoff standard, which... You know, maybe some people are celebrating these losses at this point. I'm still not. I don't think any of the players are. But if we're going to hold this team to that standard, ultimately the result matters. And the Magic fell to the Miami Heat 107-89 to at American Airlines Arena down in Miami. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get some final stats for you before we move on and talk a little bit about Evan Fournier's return once again. Alfred Payton leads the way with 19 points on 9 for 18 shooting, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. A really nice game for Alfred Payton. He's playing, you know, ever since I, I wrote my I wrote a big uh, column criticizing Payton a little bit. A uh, couple games before that, but, but since then, Payton's really stepped up his play, stepped up his scoring. He's not taking threes anymore. He's not taking a lot of jumpers. He's being smart with his shots. He's getting into the lane, causing the defense to collapse, distributing the ball well. I mean, he had six of the Magic's 14 assists. I mean, he was keeping the ball moving, looking for his own shot, really establishing himself, and playing the point guard that that the Magic need a little bit more now, where he's he's really directing traffic. Um, I, I still think, intangibly, Payton's got to do a little bit better controlling pace. He's he, he loves to get out and run, and the Magic need him to get out and run, and 
and and and that was a big reason why Orlando was able to to compete and 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 have a chance to win this game. They used their defense to generate offense, uh, and I thought that that they did a good job getting out in transition when they could could afford to. But at the same time, when things are slipping away, I still want to see Peyton take more control of the team. Um, whether it's him producing himself, trying to score, or him getting the magic into the right play, and I, I don't see that enough. I see him also being guilty of forcing a lot of action and, and getting himself in trouble. And so I think there's still a lot more the Magic could get from Alfred Payton on the offensive end, even though his numbers are looking a lot better. Defensively, Payton is still a little bit of a mess. Um, you know, ever since Zach Lowe pointed out that Payton likes to wander a little bit off the ball, I'm noticing that a lot more and more. And it's it's not that I didn't notice it before. Um, Payton's just not a very good defender. Let's let's I mean, let's just be honest. On ball, he's not fantastic. Off ball, I think he does tend to wander a little bit. Uh, and it puts him out of position for rebounds. It puts him out of position to contest three pointers, and, and that part of that part of his game has always hurt the Magic. I mean, that's been one of the big things with Alfred Payton is that that his defense is not up to par. So, overall, a solid game from Alfred Payton. Obviously, led the team in scoring was a big, big factor for the team, um, but uh, definitely still a lot more the Magic could could get from him. A minus twenty four in the game. All the starters struggled for the Magic. This game was really uh, kept close and, and not won, but. Uh, the Magic did better with the bench on the floor. Second quarter especially, Orlando did a great job digging out defensively, really locking down the Heat's reserves, getting out in transition where they are a much more effective team and where they're going to have to generate a lot of their offense. Uh, you know, Orlando had a 91 offensive rating in this game. If Orlando wants to be a better offensive team, obviously you only score 89 points, but if the Magic want to be a better offensive team, they're going to have to get stops. They're going to have to recommit on the defensive end. That's been their biggest problem all year is that they're not a great defensive team. But speaking of defense, two guys who, who are focused more on the defensive end, who one had a very good game, one did not have a very good game. Um, Bismack Biombo had I thought, had a good game. Three points, 12 rebounds, five blocks, one for seven shooting, missed his first five shots, but you're not putting Bismack Biombo out there for shooting. The fact he got seven shots is probably a little bit of a problem in, uh, in and of itself. But I thought he did a good job locking down the glass. I thought he did a good job protecting the paint, protecting the rim, forcing the heat to the outside. And, and that was a big reason, again, his block shots, his energy defensively, big reason why the Magic were in control of this game most of the time. Um, I think that there is still a concern that he will drain the offense, and it is true. He had the, or at least while he was on the floor, the Magic had their worst offensive rating of any individual player. Uh, continuing a trend like that, um, that 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 you can see by looking at the stats as well with Biombo's on-off stats, but um, I, I I think it's hard to draw too many conclusions from this game just because Evan Fournier is working his way back and and things are still kind of in flux with the Magic on, on that end. But I thought an overall good good game from Bismack Biombo. If he plays like that defensively most nights, Orlando is going to be fine on the defensive end. Um, I, I think um, Jonathan Simmons though really struggled on both ends. One for eight shooting. Over two from beyond the arc. Finishes with just four points. Four turnovers, more importantly. Felt like Simmons was forcing a lot more of his own action, trying to get into the paint. Not efficient getting the ball out. No assists for him. And defensively, I didn't think he was particularly strong. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of said this for a while now. I, I think Simmons, we're learning, was a little bit overrated defensively. He's a good defender, but the Spurs covered up a lot of his mistakes. He gets over-aggressive a little bit too much sometimes. Uh, and gets himself out of position. Um, you know, I, I've kind of been joking with some people that I think Simmons is Victor Oladipo without the passing ability. Um, magic Victor Oladipo, that is, without the passing ability. And I am really kind of d- digging that that uh, comparison 
because he's obviously due for big games every once in a while. But the inconsistency is just maddening. I mean, Simmons was the second best player with all the injuries. The Magic still need that Jonathan Simmons. They still need a hyperactive, efficient Jonathan Simmons to be successful. And you know, like most of us, most of us have said, or a lot of us have said, at least, um, it, it feels like he should be coming off the bench and working as the, as the main cog in that second unit, and, and that might be the best and most effective way to use him uh, once the team is fully healthy. Some others, final stats, Mario Zonia, 14.6 for 12, shooting 5 rebounds, 3 turnovers for him. Evan Fournier, like I said, 14 points, 5 for 10, shooting 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 4 turnovers for him as well. Brees Spates got his shooting back on track, 4 for 8 from the floor, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc for 12 points, and 6 rebounds as well. Aaron Aflalo with a season-high 9 points as well. Like I said, the bench played exceedingly well. Everyone on the bench had a positive plus-minus except for Jonathan Isaac, who made his return at minus 7. Isaac, I thought, did some nice things. You could tell he's still a little bit rusty, still trying to get his timing down on defense. I still think the kid has great defensive instincts. I thought he was trying to, he was at least in the right spot defensively, maybe a half step late, and that half step is obviously enough in the NBA. Offensively, he's just got to get his timing down. I think his timing is just completely off offensively. Having missed more than a month, essentially, basketball only playing, I think he played, what, two games? Um, He's missed, like, 20 like 20 of the last 22 games or something like that it's going to take some time for Isaac to get himself back into rhythm but I think he will and I saw some good things from him as well just got to get that timing down for the heat Josh Richardson led the way with 20 points Wayne Ellington like I said 18 points 6 for 11 shooting 6 for 10 from beyond the arc 6 rebounds as well for him Tyler Johnson 17 points uh Goran Dragic 14 points 6 assists 5 turnovers Magic did a good job on him Kelly Olenek, 15 points, 12 rebounds. Tough matchup for Mario Azonia. Uh, Mario Azonia is just not a four if he has to guard guard fours like Kelly Olenek and the Magic have to kind of recognize that or make make Azonia a bigger matchup advantage. Overall, Miami shoots 45.1% from the floor. Thought they did a good job defensively. Overall on them, 11 for 33 from beyond the arc. The three-pointers, the killer in the fourth quarter as Miami pulls away with a 39-21 to fourth quarter for a 107 89 victory over the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic have now lost nine straight games, second nine-game losing streak of the season, and have now lost 20 of their past 23 games, or 22 games, something like that. But put those losses out of mind, because you, my friend, you, my friend, are going to be a winner. All you have to do is play draft. It's really, really simple. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. No complicated salary caps, no trying to figure out, oh, this is a good buy, no one else is going to have him. If I get him and he hits, no one else will have him, I'll win the day. No. You play in self-contained leagues against other people, and you draft the players. Only one guy gets LeBron James. Only one guy gets Kevin Durant. Only one guy gets the ref calling all the fouls on them. That's not true. That part's not true. But it's a fantastic game. I highly suggest it, not only because they sponsor it, but because I find it fun as well. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. There's a draft starting every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part... You play for cold, hard cash. 
Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps, like I said, play in a real-life snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code LOMAGIC. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOMAGIC on your first deposit on Draft. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And I want to close off today's show, so I'm not going to go too much longer because I think I've hit a lot of these points, but I want to close off today's show talking about Evan Fournier's return and, and, and what, this, what this means for the team. Um, you know, Evan Fournier's stat line was fairly meager. 14 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 3 for 3 from the foul line, 3 rebounds, the 4 turnovers stand out, the 4 fouls stand out, and the minus 18 stands out. He was minus 8 through 3 quarters. So, I don't want to paint this as Evan Fournier's back, everything is okay. Because obviously, the margin for error is still very, very small. The Magic have been pretty good at taking care of the ball throughout the year, but 17 turnovers hurt the team. The lack of ball movement with 14 assists on 33 makes hurt the team. The inability to get open three-pointers for whatever reason... 5 for 20, and 23-point attempts by itself, I think, is, is bad as well. I, like, I, I think the Magic's ideal is probably at 30. That's when you, I would say 33-pointers means the Magic's offense is moving fairly well. And now on top of that, Miami controlled the pace. So it's not like Orlando is suddenly going to make a, a big playoff push or win a lot of games just because Evan Fournier is back in the lineup. I don't think there's a single player on this Magic team, even Aaron Gordon, that we can say that about. If anything, feeling like the team played better and not seeing those results shows us that this is a by-committee team and this is a... this is a team that still has a lot of work to do. There is no quick fix. And, and of course, for many, the season may already be long lost. As, as I saw on NBC, Sports. Or on NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk earlier on Tuesday, uh, earlier on Tuesday, the season's usually pretty set by Christmas. The teams that are going to be in playoff contention are set by Christmas. And of course, we're later into the season now because the season started two weeks earlier. The standings don't change very much at this point of the year. 
And yeah, Miami went 11 and 30 or 11 and 31 or 10 and 30 last year and then 30 and 10 in the second half or thir- thir- uh, what was it? 30 and 11 the second half of the season to make a playoff push. But they still fell one game short even after going 30 and 11. It's really hard to make up the kind of ground the Magic are going to have to make up. But as I will continue to argue, winning is always valuable. And I would not expect the players to give up the ship. Not wholly. So, getting Evan Fournier back then, I think, still showed a demonstrable effect on the team. This is a team that looked extremely lifeless for the last two weeks since Evan Fournier got hurt. Remember, the last time the Magic won eight games ago, nine games ago now, was the last time Evan Fournier played before Tuesday night. And overtime went over the Atlanta Hawks. Missing your best scorer, your leading scorer, hurts your team. And so getting him back obviously helps. And obviously, in Tuesday's game, you could just sense that there was, even though the starters struggled, a better energy about them. Even though they fell behind early in the game, they were still fighting. They still kept going at, getting after it. It wasn't until a barrage of three-pointers buried them in the fourth quarter that they really kind of gave up the, let the rope slip by. And even then, you could still tell there was a fight. There was a determination. It might have been kind of a frustrated drive at the basket, see what sticks type of determined type of play. But it was a lot better than, say, against Chicago. The, the, the fact of the matter is, this is a team that has a huge, that has a very slim margin of error. They cannot afford to lose key players like they have. They cannot afford to make mistakes repeatedly in the course of a game, defensively or offensively. Turnovers kill this team. Missing shots tends to kill this team too. But what can't change is the spirit. What can't change, uh, the, the competitive spirit, as Frank Vogel puts it. And that's the part that the Magic had lost for the last two weeks. Despite Nikola Vucevic trying his, his best, or Jonathan Simmons trying his best, you could just kind of see those shoulders slump when things got really bad. And I don't think you saw that in Miami. At least not early in the game when the Magic might have let themselves succumb to that previously. I do think bringing Evan Fournier back into the lineup brought a calming influence to the team. Everyone seemed to be kind of back in their place. Back to the role that they're that not maybe they're most comfortable with. But back into a, a spot in the lineup in the rotation or or even with a certain gravity that Fournier has because teams have to respect his three-point shot. It kind of brought a balance back to the team that, that was desperately needed. That three-point threat, even though the Magic didn't use it, was there. And teams had to respect what Fournier can do. 
both as a shooter and off the dribble. And that opened things up for everyone, for everyone else. The first three quarters, or at least the first half, felt like the Magic, A, had a chance to win the game, which is nice, but B, it felt like the Magic were not quite back to where they were, but you could see hints of it again. Something that maybe we haven't seen in a very long time with this group. And of course, getting back your key players matters. That's what it does. But as I've said before, I, I, I think that this Magic team is better than what they've shown, both you know from this quality of play, but certainly getting guys healthy, the Magic will improve. When Aaron Gordon returns, whether it's Thursday against Detroit, Saturday against Miami, Monday against Brooklyn, when Aaron Gordon returns, the team will be better. And I think we'll see the same kind of energy boost from having that player back. It's going to take a little bit of time for some of these players to get back into rhythm. Fournier's gonna, Fournier needed to get his win back. Isaac needs to get his win back. It's very, very clear that they kind of lost some steam and lost some rhythm with their absences. But I, I think if there is a good sign to come out of Tuesday's game, it is that, yeah, the Magic can look like a functioning basketball team again. If there's a negative to take out of it, it's that, yeah, this team still has a very long way to go. And that margin for error is still very, very small for this group. Without Nikola Vucevic, and, and for now, without Aaron Gordon, Orlando can't have 14-point-per-game Evan Fournier. They will need 22-point-per-game Evan Fournier. And he'll get those opportunities. They certainly can't have four points, Jonathan Simmons. They need Simmons up at around 10, 12 points at the very least. It's going to take those kinds of efforts, those kinds of pulling together to get the team back into the win column. And right now, it's not about building a streak. It's about getting a single win. And so if getting Evan Fournier back onto the floor and increasing the energy about the team, even for this brief moment, gets them closer to doing that, then it's a good thing. But ultimately, results are what's going to matter. And so Orlando has to deliver on those results. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast there and leave a review. Let everyone know what you think of the show. Give us five stars, even if the review's crappy, so that others can find us. Trust me. People will read a five-star review. And I do I do occasionally read through, read through and listen to your comments and suggestions as well. So I appreciate all the love as well as all the critiques. And hopefully I'll be remedying some of those very, very soon or trying my best to remedy those. It's, it's tough to run a, run a one-man operation. But aside from that, you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We're going to have a special episode 
tomorrow on Locked On Magic, so be sure to subscribe. We'll have a guest on the show talking about how to improve the Orlando Magic and what the Magic might do at the trade deadline. Uh, our pals at the Step Back did a nice little, nice little post on trying to fix the Orlando Magic. Obviously, some things have changed since uh, that post came out, but we'll chat all about that and where the Magic are at and what they can do entering the trade deadline, which is you know February sixth. It's not too far away; six weeks away, actually. Um, so we'll we'll be taking a look at that as well. But for now, that's going to do it for me for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 